The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Nishmat Mor Zekeni Yosef Ben Sara. Bimarat Zekenati Yafa Bat Sara. Bimarat Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Begin Aydin Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Fuat Shalema, Moshev Mendina, Ve Sara Bat Rahel. Ve Natan Ben Shulamit. Enna Refer Nahem. Fuat Nefesh Ufuat Aguf Ufuat Am Kirbala Ben. Vechen Yirasom and Omar Amen. We begin today's daf on Mindalar Amud Bet, and we are two lines from the bottom. Sha'al Rabbi Hanina bin Agil et Rabbi Hiyabar Abba. Pene ma bedberot rishonot lo ne'emar bahem tov. Ubedberot aharonot ne'emar bahem tov. Is in the first set of the Aser, the Berot, it doesn't say the word Tov. There's no word that has the root of Tov in it. However, in the second set of the Berot, it says by Kibud Av, Lema'an Yitav Lach. So he asked him, why is the word Tov mentioned in the second version and not the first? Amalo. Before you ask me the question, why? First ask me if I even know that there's a difference between the first ones and the second ones. You're already telling me a fact. Why? Before you tell me why, tell me, tell me that I don't even know that that's so. Which is hard to imagine. That one of the rabbis, he says, I don't even know if it says Tov in this one or that one. It's hard to imagine that one of the great rabbis of the Gemara did not know the uh, text of uh, the Aseret at the Berot. And then he sends him, he says, You want to answer to your question? Go to a rabbi and He's the expert in these type of questions, Agadot. You know, did I show it and things like that. He says, but um, yeah, I, I can answer the question. So they talk about this over here. Uh, the Tosfot and Baba Batra. And that if you Gimal holds, that Abbas Devarav Kipshutam. He didn't know if it said the word Tov in the Debirot or not. However, the Mepharshima Metameya on this Tosfot, when you can say, Rabbi didn't mean another Girsa over here. So they tried to explain it. He brings over Yeshlomar that the reef on the Ayn Yaakov says, Shri Bihayabar Abba, Achen Yadash the Birotche, Sefer Devarim Katub the Mani Tavlach. He knew that. Bishonem at the Birotche, Besef Shemot. That in Yitro doesn't say the word Yitavlach. 
אלא מכיוון שהיו דוחות ראשונות שנשברו בחטא העגל, right, the first דוחות broke את העגל, ודוחות שניות שנתנו לאחר מכן, הוא הסתפק איזה נוסח נכתב בדוחות הראשונות ואיזה בשניות. I got confused which was the first text and which was the second text. שכפי שהתבהר בהמשך הגמרא, שאלתו של רבי חנינה בן עגין מבוסס על ההנחה שנוסח הדברות הראשונות היה כתוב בדוחות הראשונות ונוסח הדברות האחרות היה כתוב בדוחות השניות. Uh, which means, he said, לוחות ראשונות, לוחות שניות, he knew there were two texts, but he didn't know which text was written on which set of לוחות. So that was what he was saying, before you're asking me, you know, what's the difference between the first one and the second one, I didn't know that, that you tell me that the second version was written on the second Luchot. Could be the second version was written on the first Luchot. Because it says in Ba'at Hanan, doesn't mean it was, could be that was the first version, and the one in Yitro was the second version. We don't, you know. He says, you tell me that fact, fine. But he knew that there was a discrepancy, meaning between the word Tov and not. Okay? To say something. Azal legabe. So he went to Reftar Hum. Amar le... Memenu lo shamati. He says, I didn't hear from Rabbi Yeshua directly, Derasha on this. Ela kach amar li Shemuel bar Nahum, Achai immo shel Rabbi Ahab Rabbi Hanina, Vaamri la abi immo shel Rabbi Ahib Rabbi Hanina, Ho'il vesofan lehishtabeh. Because the second, the first two chot were destined to break, and therefore Borei Olam did not put the word Tov in that luchot. Why? The chisofan nishtaber may have it, so it's not going to break. Why you can't put the word Tov in it? Amar of Asher has v'shalom baskatovah mi Yisrael. Wow, which means if the first luchot would have broke, which they did, with the word Tov in it, that would have already the Tov would have broke with it. And Hafsashum would affect the good, the bounty that would come down to Klai Yisrael. So therefore, Borei Olam, knowing that the first Tukhot were going to be broken, so he spared us from writing the word Tov, so we shouldn't have to have the broken Tov. That wouldn't have been good for Klai Yisrael. Okay? Amar Rabbi Yoshua, Haro'et Tet Bahalomo. Guy has a dream. He sees the letter Tet in his dream. Simanya fellow, it's a good sign. My tama, idema mishum dichtiv tov, because tet is the stands for the word tov. Ema, what do you mean? Other words also that start with tet that are not so good. What's the word over here? Vetetitia kimtaate hashmid. What Elam says in the to the navi, I'm going to sweep them out in a sweep of destruction. And you see, there's a lot of tets in that word. So therefore, maybe it means a bad thing. So Gabriel says, no, had tit ka'amirina. We're saying we see just one tit. We didn't see a whole uh, list of tits. They, that pasuk has a lot of tits. We're saying one tit for tov. Emma, I'll tell you. Tum'ata b'shuleha. It says in Echa. Tum'ata b'shuleha. That's referring to the uh, time that the Jewish people were in uh, uh, the times of Galut. The sins of Yerushalayim were revealed to everybody. And therefore the Prophet Yirmiyah is bemoaning the sins that the people did by Galui, and therefore it brought down the Puranut. And it says, V'teret pedaim en menachem na tum'ata b'shuleha. The tum'ah is evident. So maybe the word Tet stands for tum'ah. 
So the Gemara says, Tet bet kam linan. Uh, when I said in the tet in a dream, I meant the letter tet and bet, which stands for tob. So the Gemara says, wait, Ema tabi'u ba'arashi areha. Tet bet, the word tab'u, drowned, or buried. When it talks about the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, it says the, the gates of the Beit HaMikdash got buried under the ground. So maybe when you see a tet bet in the uh, dream, it's referring to the tabi'u sha'ariha, which is not a good thing. So the Gemara says, Ela... Good. The first tet in the Torah is written where? So therefore, when you see a tet, you're right, there's other tets in the Torah that maybe are negative. But when you see the letter tet in the dream, you go back to the first tet in the Torah. And the first tet ever in the Torah is on the word tov, and therefore tet in a dream is a good siman, and therefore goes back to its root when the first usage was, and therefore it is indeed a good sign. The person sees a eulogy in a dream. They had mercy on him in the shamayim. And they redeemed him. But this is talking about when you saw the word hesped. You saw it, uh, you know, in a dream in the letters. So that means you were spo- there was supposed to be hesped on the guy, and they saved his life, and they uh, redeemed him. So we learned in the Mishnah. That mazik doesn't own, uh, if a, a shor falls into a boar, or a hamor falls into a boar, we said not only shor, but hamor. Huadin, haya, ve'of, all animals are included. And all the laws, whether it's kilayim, whether it's on the love of hasima, or the muzzling law, or the kilayim law, the crossbreeding law, even though in the Torah it only refers to some animals, the hakamim learned from derashot, uh, like on Shabbat it says Shorecha v'hamorecha means all animals included including Haya Ba'of as well Amar Rishlakish Kan Shana Rabbi it was over here that Rabbi learnt Tarnigol that is a chicken Tavas how does he explain it Tavas Peacock okay Upisyoni Partridge Okay, from the bird family. So if you cross-breed any of these, even though they're all birds, but they are considered kilayim. It is considered cross-breeding, which is asur. Pshita, of course, the different species. Since they grow together, they live in the same environment, so you would have thought, now the tema min hadu, that they're all the same species, since they develop in the same environment, Kamash that no, that the three different birds that were mentioned are considered three species for Kilayim. Amar Shemuel, okay, Avaz, did you say Avaz is a goose? The Avaz Habar is the wild goose. Kilayim Zebaze. It's also two species. And therefore you cannot crossbreed them. But Kifla Rabbah Bar Rav Hanan 
what what makes them different species? Ilema mishum dehai arich kure dehai zutar kure that one of them has a long beak and one of them has a short beak. And she says, and the word kure hartumo beak belaz, which means could be that's the difference between them that their beaks one is a big one one is a small one. Elameata. Gamla Parsa the Gamla Taya, different types of camels. One is called the Gamla Parsa, one is called the Gamla Taya, which is an Arab uh, Arabian, camel. Arabian camel. The Alim Kua, again, one has a, a long neck. The Hai Katin Kua, and one has a short neck. Hachanamed the Avikal Aim Zebaze. And the Gibbara was assuming that a camel is a camel. Never went okay, big neck, small neck. So the, the beak of the bird. Of the goose is not going to make a difference. So then, why is it kilayim? What's the difference between the two uh, geese? Ela amar abaye ze betzav me bahutz veze betzav me bifnim. So uh, it depends where the betzim of the animal are. One, the betzim are on the outside, and one are on the inside. And she said, this is the betzim of the zakhar. Okay. You could see the uh, wild goose that she says it's on the hoots. But the other one is Bifni. The Papa Mar Hai Teuna Hada Biata Bishla the Hai Teuna Kama Biata Bishla. Oh different differences how many eggs they uh, lay at a time. So one says that they only give birth to one at a time. And she says the Avazabar in a to end bit sashiliya it only carries one egg at a time. Uh, it seems the regular goose lay, uh, holds a couple of them inside of it, uh, even before it uh, lays them. So there are differences between avaz and avaz avar. Amar Yirmiya, Amar Shlakish, Amar Bia, Shnei Minim Shebayam, Lokeh. Okay, interesting. If a person, let's say, cross-breeds two species in the water, so person gets malkut. I mean, don't think that the cross-breeding only applies to species on land, that it also applies to species that are in the water. My tama, what's the reason? Amar of atya yabasha. It says in Biryat Ta'ulam, when it's talking about the animals, it uses the word, Leminehu. It says in the Torah, um, <coughs> by the Haya and the Behemah, that Borei Olam created each one Lemina. Okay? And it says by uh, the Ba'ale Haim Shibayam, Leminehim. So therefore we make a Gezerah Shava, that whatever applies to the species on the land, which it means crossbreeding is Asur, Similarly, also, this applies to these species in the water. Now, I want to ask an interesting question. Ba'e Rehava. Rehava was a rabbi's name. You're not allowed to take two animals, different species, and plow them together. You cannot put them on the same bit and plow them. No taharosh shor v'chamor yahdav. We know short v'chamor lavdafka. Any two species you cannot put together and uh, uh, draw them on the wagon in order to plow the field. 
So the Gemara wants to know what about an animal like a uh, a goat, an ez, and a fish? Can you plow together with them? Now, how would you plow with a fish? So that she says, Hamanhig kashar karon leez. You tie the wagon to the goat. Vedag saf alamayim. And the fish is next to it in the water. Which means you have the water, and the fish is in the water. You have uh, the karon on the ground, and the ez is on the ground, and you tie the fish to the rope. Now the fish starts to swim in the water, and the ez starts to walk on the land, and as a result of the uh, force, it's pushing the uh, karon, and it's plowing. So is the cross... Plowing law by a animal and a fish. That is the she'ela. Tehmanhig be'iza the shibuta. Now, mi amrinan do we say kevan de'iza lo nahit biyam the shibuta lo sadik diyam basha lo klum abid. Do you say that what? That the only time you have, when we talk about species, is species of the same habitat. But since over here, the ayaz doesn't go in the water, and the shibuta fish doesn't go on the land, no, when it says, it means species that are from the frame, the same habitat. Bottom line, what do I care? Bottom line right now, the fish is definitely pulling the, uh, the plow, and therefore you are, uh, plowing with two different species. What do I care? Uh, different habitats. But Kifla Ravina, so Ravina is a question. Guy, let's say, took, you're not allowed to cross plant either. You're not allowed to plant, let's say, a Chita and a Seora. Correct? So therefore, what did he do? He took the Chita Seora in his hand. He planted the Chita in Eris Israel. Where the law of Kil'eh applies, where the law of crossbreeding applies in planting, and you put the Se'ura in Hutsalas on the border. So you put one right over here, the Hitta, and in Hutsalas, the laws of crossbreeding in plants do not apply in a Torah. So therefore, you put one over here, one over here. So the Gemara says, Are you going to say Hayav? You're not Hayav. Even though they're next to each other. But uh, since there is a little space between them, so you're going to be patur. Similarly, when it comes to this uh, plowing over here, since you have the water separated by the land, so it's going to be patur. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Right. Which means... In Eretz Israel, that's the law of planting. And therefore, anything that's a law of the land doesn't apply in Hostaris. So therefore, Yubara says, just like if you were to plant one chaitan on one side of the border, and a sa'ud on the other side of the border, so you have a separation between the two, so therefore you're not going to be hayav. Similarly, the person has the uh, animal on the land, and you have the water separating it over with the fish, so therefore it's not considered together. So the Gibbara, what's your analogy? Is it analogous? 
The reason why you patur in that case is because it's in two different hayuv zones. One is, a, one is in the hayuv zone, Israel, and the sa'ra is in the patur zone. However, but here, they could be they're both in the hayuv zone. This is in the water, and the, the fish is pulling the uh, wagon, and this is on the land. And therefore, you have no da'ayah. And she says, Oh, which means the water is a hayuv zone. How do I know that she says? Let's say I have a boat. And I take two fish, and I tie it to the front of the boat, and it pulls the boat. I'll be hayav. Because you're not allowed to put two fish together and uh, let them work together. So the, the, the water is definitely a hayuv zone. We just want to know now if you're combining the water with the... From planting and that's a hayuv zone and that's a patur zone. That's why you patur. Oh, so could be hayav. And Gemara leaves it in a, in a sheila. And therefore, since it's a safek doraita, so therefore the post scheme say safek doraita lechumra. And therefore, the Maaseh you would not be allowed to tie an ez with a shibuta fish and plow your field. That's halacha la Maaseh. Hadran alach. Shor Shenagah Et Apara. Now we begin the sixth Perik of Masechet Babakama Perik Hakones. Hakones Son Ladir. A person brings his sheep into the deer. What is the deer? The pen. Right? That's where he watches his uh, sheep. Right? And he locked, he put a door in front of them. Kara'ui, what does kara'ui mean? Properly, proper protection. Yet Zika, and still it broke out and damaged. So the Mishnah's deen is patur. Why? Rashi top line. Dehan natra. He watched it. Umay havilele mi'ibad. What do you want him to do? He watched it, you can't ask him to do more. Oh, but if he did not watch the animals properly, he didn't put the proper protection, the door. The animal went out and damaged Hayav. Okay, because he did not make a proper Shemira. Let's say the fence of the field fell down at night. The fell, uh, the, 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 the fence came apart. Or robbers came at night and broke the fence and the animal escaped. What's the reason over there? At night, what do you want from the guy? The guy had his fence up. There's no way for him to know what happened. In the day, if this happened, he'd be hayab maybe. Because he should have found out. But in the night, he's sleeping. He cannot hold him responsible. That's a total onus. Whether the fence fell at night or the robbers... Broke in and let the animals loose. So in that case, we had seven Oh, if the robbers themselves, mamash, took the animals out, then the steam hayavim, then they are hayav. It sounds like in the first case the robbers are patur, because maybe they only get a mother. He just broke the fence, then the animals went out on their own. In this second case, where the robbers actually took the animals out, biyadayim. And they cause the damage. The Kabbalah is going to make a difference between these two cases. Okay, we saw that. What did you do? You let the animal 
stand in the sun. And what happens? The animal now gets agitated from standing in the sun, mm-hmm. and therefore it goes out and damages. Look at that sheep. The sun is giving it ta'ad. Even if you have a door in front of it, not enough. Why? You have a regular door that can stand under normal conditions, normal wind conditions. But when you put it in the sun, so therefore the animal gets agitated, and therefore breaks out, you're going to be hayav. Or you gave the animal over to a watchman. Who's the watchman? They're not capable. And the animal went out and did damage. So the deen is hayav. The owner of the animal is hayav. Because you gave it over to people that are incapable. Masra You gave the sheep over to the shepherd to watch. Nikhnas The shepherd takes the place of the owner. He becomes responsible. Nafla legina. Okay, what happened? The animal fell into the garden. He was on the roof of the Baal, and uh, he fell off the roof, and he landed in the neighbor's garden. Okay? And what did he do? Venehenit. And he benefited from the perot that were in the field. How did he benefit? Either he ate the fruit, or he landed on the fruit, and the fruit broke his fall, and therefore he has a hana'ah from the perot. So what's the deen over there? Mishalemet mashenehenit. So the animal, the owner has to pay what it benefited. Which means it pays according to the Hana'ah and not according to the Hezek. Since this Nefila over here was Be'ones, so therefore we don't make you pay for the actual damages itself. He just has to pay for the Hana'ah. Okay, we'll see exactly uh, how you calculate the payment for Hana'ah, which this is a payment of Shin. Shin means when you go into your friend's field, the animal that is, and benefits either eating or hana'ah of some sort from the perot. Okay? For example, let's say the animal ate the fruit. Okay? So you would have had to feed the animal anyway. So you just have to pay the difference of what you would have fed the animal to what it ate. You would have fed it food that's worth $10. It ate fruit over that's worth $20. So you only have to pay $10 because that's what the Hana'a was. Okay? Mashi'ekin, if you'd have to pay Mashi'izika, then it would be $20. So there was, since over here it wasn't Kabbalah al-Hazik, get the rules. Kabbalah al-Hazik would be different than you have to pay Mashi'izika. Here it was honest. The animal fell off the roof, landed in the, guy, the guy's field. So the deen is, he pays ma shenehenit. And Mishnah says, Oh, but if the animal went down on purpose, normal derech, into somebody else's field and damaged, that's already a peshi'ah, and therefore you have to pay full damages. Now, even when you pay full damages, it's not full damages. How do you make a calculation? Let's say it ate one furrow in the field. How do you calculate? The actual damage per se. So the Mishnah gives us a very important rule. Shamin bet You calculate the depreciation of the entire field. 
You don't judge the furrow itself. That's an expensive payment. The Torah had mercy on the mazik because he didn't do it be a dime. It was his animal that did the damaging. Okay, so he's guilty. But you, you calculate it like this. The guy's buying a field. Uh, it's a big field, let's say, right? And one furrow is damaged. He's not going to discount it that much because basically you're getting a big field. But Sheikin, if you're looking at the furrow itself alone, uh, it's much more uh, damaged. It's like the difference between retail and wholesale. Right? You're selling the guy a whole big field over there, so the damage is not that, is not that much. So therefore, the Gemara teaches over here that you pay according to the larger calculation of the entire field. Look at Rashi, please. Shamin bet se'ah be'otasadeh. Look at Rashi on the Mishnah. En shamin You don't analyze, you don't uh, uh, assess the uh, the role itself. Be'pnesh mafsid mazik, because you're going to hurt the mazik, it's too expensive. She shamin otah be'choshov. Ya v'rachmana amar, here's the key words. U'bi'er b'sdeh ahed. They learn from the words that you calculate the damage according to another field. Meaning, according to a larger uh, field. You don't have to pay he doesn't discount it so much just because a little of it is uh, is damaged. Very good. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Achla perot gemurim. If the animal ate ripened fruit, right? Meshalemet perot gemurim. So the owner has to pay back perot gemurim. Im sea sea. The im satayim satayim, depending on how much he ate. According to the Bishimon, this leniency that we just said was talking about only on unripened fruits. But ripened fruits, you have to pay full price. We will see exactly where he gets that from in the Gemara. Now we start the Gemara. Tanurabanan, you told me in the Mishnah, if a person has sheep in his pen, and what? And he put a door in front of his sheep. What does karaui mean? Properly. So Yabra says, What does that mean? And what is considered not karaui? So Yabra says, If the door can stand from normal winds, but if it cannot stand, even on normal winds, that's the factor. Who is the author that says what? Mu'ad, the sagi le bishmila pechuta, the biyudahi. Our Mishnah is talking about, it's assuming, a mu'ad. But the animal already is a is a gorer. Okay? So you need to bake a shemirah. How much shemirah do you need for a mu'ad from our Mishnah? Shemirah pechuta. It's enough just to put a regular door that can stand under normal winds. So there must be a shita out there that says, 
a mu'ad, or it's adequate enough just to make a shemirah pechuta for a mu'ad. Who's the rabbi that says that for a mu'ad shemirah pechuta? How do I know that I'm making a shemirah pechuta now, Mishnah? Because it says you put a door. What type of door? Kara'ui. What is ra'ui? You can stand on the normal winds. That's a shemirah pechuta. That's a minimum shemirah. Who's the rabbi that says that shemirah pechuta is good enough for a mu'ad? Rabbi Yehuda. How do we know that? Ditnan. We have a Mishnah. Kashro be'alav be'mosera. If let's say the owner's tied up his shor. Be'mosera. Mosera is like the, the reins. Right? Vena'al lefanav kara'uy. And you uh, lock the door in front of it. Kara'uy. Be'yatsav ezik. And it went out and damaged. Echad tam. Ve'echad mu'ad hayav. Which means, according to the Bimi'ir, whether it's a tam, whether it's a mu'ad, you need a good shemira. Just locking the door in front of it is not enough. That's the Bimi'ir shita. However, the Bi'uda Omer, tam hayav, mu'ad patur. Ah, the Bi'uda says no. For a tam, you need a good shemira. But for mu'ad, as long as you put a regular shemirah, you're okay. Shne'emar, by a mu'ad, what does the Torah say? Ve'lo yishmerenu be'alav. And the owners did not watch it. Ve'shamur huzeh. And the guy did watch it. All the Torah says is, if you didn't watch it, you hayab by what? And he watched it. So therefore, who's the author of Amishnah? The Biyuda. Amishnah is talking about a mu'ad. And what does it say? Vena'alifanav kara'uyi. So you see, who's the opinion that says Shemira Pehuta is enough? Must be, it is indeed the Biyuda. What's the logic in that? Stam, a wilder animal, you need less Shemira. So we once explained that usually an animal that's a Mu'ad, the people know about a Mu'ad. And therefore, they have to be careful as well. On a time, nobody knows it's a time. Nobody knows it's never gored before. Therefore, it's an unknown. You better protect it good. But once already it's a mu'ad, so the responsibility lies also on the people to be careful from such an animal. So therefore, shemirah pechota would be sufficient. Rabbi Ezer Omer, eno shemirah ela sakin. The only way you could watch a mu'ad is with the knife, which means you gotta kill it. Let's read that she's, uh, she taught over here. Mantana. Mu'ad b'shmirah pe'uta sagile. Mani matnitin. Who's the author of our Mishnah? The Amar Tson Shezika b'shen v'regelu. The Ainu Mu'ad b'tchilato. Ah, very good. How do you know our Mishnah, by the way, is talking about a Mu'ad? It just said Tson. Uh, Do I know if it's a Mu'ad or not? What was the damage? Tson doesn't damage with goring. Sheep don't have horns. What's the damage of a, of a son? Either shin, right? Like the case where the, the dad went into the guy's field and ate his fruit. Or negin. Shin and negin is mu'ad the first time. The first, there's no such thing as a tam by shin and negin. Tam was only said by kidding. Right? So therefore, the ainu mu'ad b'tchidato. And what does it still say? That so long as you had a regular shemira in front of the sh- uh, son, it's okay. Sagi the bnei alakar da'anu shemira perotek the kumin shuchalamad b'roch mesuya the atiru shenam mesuya lo kaeh. Which is if a wild wind would come, the door is not going to stand up. 
תמיד אצל שמילה פחותה, אוקיי, כסו בעליו נשאול ונעם ופלם כאילו וגן סיני, תם חייב דלא סייגלה ופחותיו תמד במידה פלק שול שתגף, עוין למיל איזה פליק, אתה רואה דיינו במיל מיום שמילה מעולה סייגלה, ואיזה סבלת נטרותה למועד, למיל איזה נהוד, there is no protection for a מועד, זאת אומרת, שני שיטות, רבי מירסה שנית שמילה מעולה, רבי יהודה שמילה פחותה, אין רבי לעזר סכין, זאת אומרת, זאת אומרת, רבי יהודה that says מועד is enough with השמילה פחותה אז comes the Gemara and says, אפילו תמה רבי מאיר. No, I can say that our Mishnah is even going like רבי מאיר. Oh, that what? When did he say you need a Shemira מעולה? That's only by Karen. ושאני שם ורגל, דת תורה מיעטה בשמירתן. When it comes to שם ורגל, תורה downgrade, you don't need such a big Shemira. When did I say you need a Shemira מעולה? That's by Karen. I'm sure that's my kidding. So that's my shemirigal. And I'm going to have a shemirigal. You can get away with a lesser shemirah. How do you know that? There are four items that the Torah downgraded the shemirah. You don't need a great shemirah. What are those four items? What are those four items? בור ואש שן ורגל. How do we know בור? How do we know that a בור is enough to make a שמינה פעוטה? תכתיב. וכי יפתח איש בור או כי יכרה איש בור ולא יחסנו. Right? You didn't cover it. הכיסא הוא פטור. But if you cover it, it's okay. It's משמע. You don't need such a big שמינה. Even a minimal covering is already off to the board. So you see what? שמינה פעוטה is good. Which means שמינה מעולה would mean you filled it up with dirt. But does he have to fill it up with dirt? Just so you just have to cover it. So you see what? The Torah minimizes your uh, responsibility on the Shemirah of a board, even just with a Kisui is enough. Ish, how do you know? Ish. Fire. Dikhtib. Shalem, yeshalem, mabair, et abbeira. The guy that made the fire has to pay. Ad avid ke'en mabair. Which means he has to be posheya. But if he wasn't a posheya and his fire went out of his field and damage, you're going to be patur, which means it's hamavir. Sounds like he was active. Okay? So therefore we learn from over there that only if he was a posheya, but if it happened, he was shomer, his things normally, and went out, he'll be patur. So you see why ish also is enough for shemira pe'uta shen, dekhtiv ubi'ir besde'aher. Ad da'avid ke'en ubi'ir. Which means... Where well, you actually took your animal, Ubi'ir, and you brought it into somebody else's field. But as long as you put a Shemirah, even Pi'uta, it's okay. Regal, Dikhti Vishilah. Adda Avid Ki'en Vishilah. You sent it into somebody's field to trample, right? To walk. But if it just went on its own and you made a Shemirah Pi'uta, that will be enough. So therefore, you see what? Shen Veregel Esh Embor Shemirah Pi'uta. Sagivitanya. Now, how do you know the word Veshilah? I was talking about the Egil, because from the Raita. Vetanya, Veshilah, you sent your animal to somebody else's field, Zehar Egil. Vechenu Omer, Meshalechei Regel, Ashor Vachamor. Ubi'er, when it says Ubi'er, Zehashen. Vechenu Omer, Ka'asher Yiba'er Gelal Ad Tumor. Like it says over there, Gelal is a tooth. Right? Ka'asher Yiba'er Gelal, like the tooth destroys until its completion, which means that's be'ed, uh, referring to the animal's destruction. Uh, in the Torah, it doesn't say the word shin. The Torah doesn't say the word regil. It says, v'shilah et be'iro, you sent this animal. V'shilah. So, v'shilah means regil. You sent, and it trampled on somebody else's. U'bi'ed, means it 
It ate into the arutu. Whenever you see the word ubi'ed, it's shin. Meshilah is regal, because we know, because our Mishnah can be even to be me'ir, that holds what? Shemirah pechuta is enough for shin and regal. One more line, Tama David can vishilah ubi'ed. That's right. Only when you actually did it vishilah, you sent your animal on purpose. Or ubi'ed, you sent your animal to go eat. But if you made a shemira, even if you made a shemira pe'uta, you put a simple door over there, and the animal broke out, you didn't send it. As a matter of fact, you protected it. Uh, albeit not the best shemira, but you protected it to a certain degree. Torah is coming to tell you not hayah. So therefore, keren ye, keren, that's what the Bimir says, you need a shemira me'uta, mimir. So, but in shemiregel, ad da'avid ke v'shilach, ubi'ed. Which means you just were reckless. Mashiach, if you had even a Shemirah Pe'uta, you will be patu. Therefore, Amishnah that says that Kone Sonadir is talking about we made a Shemirah Pe'uta, even Alibad and Abimeir, and that's why you're going to be patu if it goes out and damages and eats from somebody else's. The Mishnah is also Meduyeket. That we're talking about Shen. Diktani Son. Because the Mishnah is Hakone Sonadir. Sheep. Mechdi. Mishor Ka'askinan. Which means, until now, we were dealing always with shor. Ve'ate nitni shor. So you should continue and tell me shor. Ma'i shenadik tani son. Why did Tana all of a sudden start talking about sheep? Lav mishum, la Torah mi'ata, bishmiratam. Must be that what? To teach me that the Torah was mima'at, bishmiratam. Lav mishum, dekan keren, lo ketiva ba. Which means we're not talking about Keren over here. Because there's no Keren by Tzon. Ella must be talking about Shem. And it's teaching that Shem and Muadim the first time you're Hayat. that even if Meir will tell me Shemina Pehuta, a minimal Shemina, putting a door in front of the Shem, the, the animal, the son, is considered a proper Shemina. So what approves it from the Lashon of the Mishnah that talks about Tzon. Baruch Adonai Adonai Amen Amen Amen